they've been waiting for this one. Okay. That's true. <laughs> All of our fans. I was going to say, how many, how many listeners do y'all get? Millions. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Never Made Varsity. We are glad to be back with everybody, plus a guest, but just starting out with me. My name is Colby. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Colby Complaints. What's up, everybody? I'm back from Italia and my little trip to Rome. Um, did I even say my name? No. No. <laughs> I'm David Rivera. I, I, I went straight into that. Uh, but it's David Rivera. You can find me on Twitter at drivera one two two two. And yeah, you can see that I'm a little rusty. It's been a month since most of us have done this podcast. Last time I did this was last decade. I haven't seen y'all oh for an entire year. I don't miss y'all I anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2020, and it's your boy, Maverick. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. Hey, everybody. I've been thinking about my joke to make for this for over a decade, but I don't have anything. Uh, I that am, joke literally doesn't work. It literally doesn't work. Since last all. decade, sorry, so, not yeah, over you, a decade. You, 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 thought, you spent a decade on it and you told it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> also, I would like to say that my first tweet of the decade was about Mav. Um, yeah. Nothing else to say about that, just that. Um, I'm Aaron, by the way, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. See, and we have a guest uh, for the first time, first time guest, uh, Lainey Lainey. What's up? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Do you have any social media you would like to shout out to start? Uh, you can find me most places at Lainey M two two one, but I basically don't use Twitter, so have at it. And Lainey is our friend from college. She is now in. Seattle, right? That's which is why you're wearing the hat. I am indeed. Yes, I'm wearing a Seahawks hat right now as the Seahawks are beating the Eagles. Good, good stuff. But she did band with us and is also ITB fam. Yes. So that is how we all know each other. But also, uh, she knows movies, all the movies. She's seen every movie. And I used to That's love talking true. about movies with Lainey, which is why I asked her to come on this podcast to talk about. Star Wars, finally, it's happening. Yay. No one cares about this movie anymore. I know. It's been months. I'm sure we're all very, this is a new conversation. No one has had so any fresh. conversations about the rise nope. of Skywalker. We actually did record this, like, right after it came out. We're, we were just holding out on everybody. <laughs> there has so, been absolutely zero discourse about this movie until now. None. I've seen none of it. But we're going to talk about this movie. I think we have a bit of a mixed response. So let's let's do it this way. One word answer, Aaron. One word answer. Uh, but I'll start with Lainey. Did you like Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker? Um, good answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> Maverick, did you like uh, Episode Nine? Yes. David, did you like this movie? Yes. Aaron, did you like this movie? Sorta. <laughs> uh, I did not. I did not. That's like not this one. Movie. That's not one word. You broke your own. I rules. dash did dash not. 
<laughs> I did yes, not. No, I did not like this movie. No, it doesn't make me happy. <laughs> yes, it does. I like structure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Maverick, you had an idea of what you wanted this podcast to look like. So, how how do you want to start this? I guess a good way just to be kind of start a little broad, and then we can sort of dig in deeper. Now we've given like our one. We've kind of set just a very brief, <laughs> as brief as possible, where we kind of stand, and then we could probably start with just kind of the more broad reactions to the movie, not necessarily going too much into the actual plot points. We can hold that for later, but. Overall, kind of feelings you had going uh, into the movie, how you felt coming out of the movie, uh, maybe potentially experiences if you watched the film multiple times, if that kind of changed anything for you. But starting out, and then we can go deeper into specifics on positives, negatives, the overall plot, and then finish it out by doing just a nice little review of this trilogy, the Star Wars universe, and what comes beyond. I will say... I'll, I'll go ahead and say this is a full spoiler podcast. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen... I don't think you're going to listen to this if you haven't seen this movie yet. So we'll start with the broad stuff, but, like, you, you've seen this movie. Yeah, we so. have no sympathy if you listen to this and haven't watched the movie at this point. But, Lainey, we didn't get to hear from you uh, what you thought about, I guess, this new trilogy and what your expectations were going into the movie. So what... What were your thoughts on um, that fateful December day when you went to see this movie? Pre-seeing the movie? Pre-seeing the movie. Okay. Well, I knew my hopes were going to be too high. I knew that going into it. I knew it wasn't going to live up to my expectations. I was prepared for that. I was not as prepared as I should have been. But um, I, I really enjoyed both 7 and 8, and we can get into that. At a different time, but I that thought is a that whole they other separate conversation. Yes, <laughs> uh, I enjoyed them. They were actually well-made movies, which most Star Wars movies are not. Um, and Ooh. and Snaps. so Snaps. <laughs> I was excited. Um, I didn't know all the drama about how they like changed writers and whatnot, so I really wasn't prepared for that kind of stuff. So I had a lot of hope. Is the the short version, and uh, I was let down. So, broad thoughts, Aaron. What are your your broad thoughts about the movie? I think it was a fun movie. It was a good Star Wars movie. I disagree with about eighty percent of the plot. Okay. Uh, David. So I have my own feelings about the last jedi and it's kind of complicated it's like a, it's a really get, like i don't i don't hate the last jedi i think it's a good movie i think it's actually a great movie i just don't like what it did as far as like continuity and like what it did for like i couldn't think conceivably of what jj abrams or whoever was going to be directing 9 could do to mitigate what was done in eight and so that's where i kind of feel a little bit annoyed about the last jedi um so i kind of had lowered expectations for nine knowing that it was gonna have to kind of really deal with all of that and try and wrap everything up or at least try to wrap everything up um in a way that semi made sense so at the end of the day i had a fun time do i actually i'm gonna save that statement for later I have my own opinions about the trilogy as a whole, but as far as Rise of Skywalker, 
I had a good time. I liked it. I was good with it. Maverick. So I definitely want to preface my whole thing first. Is So I went into the first viewing, went early Thursday night before the official came out Friday. And when I got out of the movie, I didn't exactly know what to think at first. I think I was just really numb with what I had just viewed. I think I was just really in the moment just watching everything. And so I almost immediately was like, I have to see this movie again before I can start developing my thoughts and feelings on it. Because we'll get into this probably in the positive and negatives. I think a lot of people will talk about the pacing of this movie. And I think in a lot of ways, it was just, it was pedal to the metal immediately from the get-go. And that, I think on a first viewing, at least for me, was very jarring. And it didn't allow me to sort of breathe a little bit and truly understand and kind of digest what was going on on the screen. I was naturally being laser focused on it. But ironically, it was the sort of thing where like I still didn't, truly get as much out of certain moments that I thought were the moments that I think they wanted to draw a reaction I didn't get as strong as a reaction as I wanted to and then I went to the second viewing already you know have a lot of the everything on the mind and it's just capturing the other little moments from the movie and everything like that and that's when I I truly did enjoy this movie and realized that I really do like this movie uh, I think it brings a lot of adventure elements uh, that is very core to Star Wars. Uh, you bringing back the trio of Ray, Finn, and Poe going on this adventure, albeit bonkers and absolutely crazy at times, and kind of forces you to be like, just kind of go with it. Uh, like I said, we can get into those kind of things later, but overall, I, I do really like this movie. Maverick, I really don't think we are that different in, in, in what we think of the movie. I just think that you're you were able to go get past some of the things that I I don't think I could get past. Yeah, I, I think uh, I would agree with that actually. Like, and that it ultimately comes from a certain point of view, as one Obi Wan Kenobi would say, mm-hmm. is that I think when when we get ultimately in the discussion of like positive and negatives, I think. Like I said, I have my own list of negatives. I'd be ha- I'll be happy to go over myself. Um, it was just there wasn't any particular negative that just like yeah because of that I can't like this movie. Uh, some of the so first off, I don't hate this movie. I really don't. It as a movie, it's fine. I laughed. I was it held my attention for most of the movie, which is more than I can say about most Star Wars movies. Uh, I do think that the pace problems are glaring, and I think that's a J.J. Abrams... I think that's a result of it being a J.J. Abrams movie and his style of making movies that made the movie... that made this what it was. It's... They were just... The, the little things that bothered me just added up it just kept adding up and adding up and adding up where I just after I sat with this movie for a while I couldn't like it was just this movie tired me out I think I, I was think you exhausted. and I are similar Colby like <laughs> as a standalone movie I think that this was good and I enjoyed it but as a conclusion to the th- to episode 7 through 9 um, and as a conclusion to the whole 9 episode saga I don't think I was satisfied. 
but I think that's more so a buildup of a lot of thing, a lot of little things, like you said, that Colby, that became a big thing. That's why I say I don't know if I like the movie or not. So let's see. I don't know what plot points to to talk about first. Like I don't know what. Okay, let's talk about Ray being a Palpatine. Let's start there. I think um, it's. I think so that's. Stupid. I think that's probably one of the well, core things. So I think that is a good place to start. Yeah. Um, like where you look at the last Jedi, it was the fact that Luke died. That was probably the big one. Where like you either really like it or you don't like it at all. I feel like this was probably the same kind of thing with this particular movie. And one thing before we jump all the way into that, I think halfway this is kind of related to what David said. But David, you mentioned that like you don't know where the trilogy could have gone after Episode Eight. Um, and like all respect to you, but you're also like not a Hollywood writer of movies. <laughs> That's also fair. <laughs> that, like, it, it's not your job to figure out how, how how these movies are supposed to go. Like, I expect J.J. Abrams, you do this for a living. You set up this platform on episode seven. Ryan Johnson said where he thought this movie was going to go. And J.J. Abrams, to me, seemed like he was saying... Nah, actually, here's where where I think this should go. So let's start with Ray is nobody. Wait, no, actually, Ray is a Palpatine. I think that's one of my biggest problems with the movie is, at least from a plot perspective, is so much of Episode Eight was about how Ray is just Ray, and we thought that the trilogy was going to be about how you don't need to be from one of the dynasties to be strong in the Force. And I think they just threw it all out the window by making yes. her a Palpatine. Yes. I One of the things that I really liked about episode eight was that there was just significant steps made toward like the democratization of the force, um, that normal people can have it, people can be force sensitive, blah, blah, blah. Um, but by the end of nine, we're back to two families control the fate of the universe. It's the Skywalkers versus the Palpatines. That's how it's always been. That's how it always will be. And I don't like that at all. My thing is, I think there's an interesting story where this person finds out that they are from, like, a genetic line that's kind of evil and learning to cope with that. Um, And that's episode six of Star Wars. Yeah. Like, it's it's literally straight up Luke finding out that he's he's Darth Vader's son. So I, I don't think that this, like, that theme is without merit i just feel like we've been there before and i know there's like the whole thing like star wars rhymes but this feels like more star wars copies than star wars rhymes um maverick what do you think and again this kind of starts with the whole things where like i said i i completely understand like those kind of gripes with it like again it's same story beats from before and whatnot i do think at least it's done it in slightly a different way like i said it where you know basically from the get-go like basically this person's come from an evil line and then rather than someone that's intrinsically good that just went bad rather than someone that is just purely bad um, but I, I do understand a lot of the the ideas of making Ray nobody uh, I, like I said it's not that I think ultimately it comes down to the fact it's not that one is a better thing than the other it just comes down to what you would prefer in your own vision basically for the movie but i think it ultimately makes sense i can at least make that sense in my own mind because 
that's exactly what the Skywalker saga is. It is the Skywalkers versus the Palpatines. And I think there is plenty of ideas that there are can be it, that can be more people in this universe that are force sensitive. But again, it's not always going to be that every single person is going to be a hero every single time. That this is not their saga. They can they can explore them in another set of movies, because we have Broom Boy, we have Maz Kanata, if anyone forgets, <laughs> who is fully force sensitive. We now have revealed that Poe, or actually Finn, is force sensitive, and there's even. Uh, references that maybe even Janna is sports sensitive. Um, so I think th- it's something that can be expanded upon but this is not their saga. Yeah. That's fair. I Dang think also, We can explore oh, those other people and other sagas. Because there can be conflicts elsewhere, elsewhere in the universe that, are, that can have just simi- similar stakes and such. But we're focusing on a particular time frame on a particular set of people. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a little meta but I feel like Ray, like the reveal of Ray being a Palpatine is the big reveal of the trilogy and I think that out of the three big reveals obviously the originals it's that you find out that Vader is Luke's father spoiler alert the prequel, thank you (laughs) the prequels, the big reveal is probably that you find out that Palpatine is the Emperor and the sequels, it's that you find out Rey's a Palpatine. I think that that one has the least impact out of the three of them, which I feel like summarizes the trilogy pretty well. I can agree with that. David, before I jump into more things, what were, for, what were your thoughts on Rey being a Palpatine? I think a lot of the disconnects in our, in our opinions about this movie is whether you were really invested in the the the, the storylines and everything that The Last Jedi set up. And I think you mentioned this, Colby, is that you were really invested in a lot of the things The Last Jedi set up, and that's why this movie disappointed you so much, especially when it comes to, like... Uh, well, we, we can also get into that later. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. But in my, in my own vision of this movie, I wasn't as invested in the whole, like, ah, everyone needs to be Force-sensitive... Honestly, the one point that, is, uh, that upset me more than anything was the way that they used Finn throughout this trilogy. But that's a different, that's a different complaint. I, I agree with that. But for me, it's not even that everyone needs to be Force-sensitive. It's that anyone can be Force-sensitive. And that's cool. I mean, that's where they explored that stuff in, like, Rogue One. Um, and I'm sure it will be further expanded upon. But like I said, I, I agree with Maverick. It doesn't need... This doesn't need to be there. Like, this doesn't need to be done right now like i was okay with it being why not why not right now but you're you're getting upset because (laughs) it's you're getting upset about it because you want it to be right now and i'm and i'm okay with it not being right now is what's coming down to uh lady you're making so many faces over there it's actually hilarious like everything (laughs) now anyone says you're like oh because everything you're saying is oh (laughs) wow because there's there's part two there's part one and part two of this as well. It's not only that it was revealed that Ray is a Palpatine. I wonder your thoughts. Not only is Ray as Palpatine, but at the very end of the movie, Ray says that she is Ray Skywalker. Yeah, I don't Which like do that you, either. For, if you'd like, if you had to, do, 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 is there one that you particularly you're more against than the other? The latter, honestly. Okay. Uh, be, because I think that. 
one. No, I, I think- wanted her to say Ray Solo just to troll everybody. <laughs> that, <laughs> because I know, like, I'm, I'm assuming you're, you would probably have preferred her to just say, as she did on Pasana, I'm just Ray. And I think that's such be- so much better writing. But, um, or uh, something I heard from, I think it was Joanna Robinson, Ray Organa. Because of all of these people, she had the strongest connection to Leia. But anyway, I, I, I also no, no, no. I totally agree with like I of of the point like of, of of the problems with the two things, I agree with the latter being a little bit more bad writing. I my thing is well, one I don't like that the female protagonist of this series defines herself through the older male character. That makes me uneasy. I, I, but the the biggest thing is that they set it up so well, with um back on the plane where they were doing the electric slide, um for them to just um for them to do the <laughs> the the ray is nobody. So by the way, those aliens were getting it. Like that little I think Lemon Well Miranda um did <laughs> did the music on um on the electric slide planet and um it was kind of going so if there's anything i like for that movie i do like um no i definitely want to go to the festival of the ancestors yeah, man. <laughs> they're, they're every 42 down. years when we're old and washed we can go <laughs> but yeah that I, I would say that that's a bigger one for me uh laney when you finish laughing do you have anything else with with um Ray as a Palpatine slash whatever. Yeah, I guess I think everything's pretty much been said. I don't think her as a Palpatine is super interesting. I think what Aaron said about the reveals that, yeah, this one is the one that has the least impact. Her being a Skywalker doesn't bother me quite as much. Um, her, like, calling herself a Skywalker doesn't bother me quite as much. Um, just in the... But I, but I can also understand what you were saying about her calling herself Organa instead. Um, yeah. I agree with all the points that have been made in general, other than, well, anything David like, said. I hope that I, ho- I hope that this doesn't come down to me. Like I, I'm not gonna be caping for this movie the whole time. Like I have my issues with it. It's not my favorite Star Wars no, yeah. movie. I have my issues, but at the end of the day, like if I enjoyed something about it, like it that I don't I don't know what else to justify it other than you are I allowed to it. like this movie. <laughs> Am I Laney? Am I Laney? He's allowed to. He just may not be able to do so and remain a good friend of mine. Oh, my no. God. Whoa. I'm just kidding. Kind of. We are. Also, this is now Toxic Fandom to Podcast. All right, let's I talk know. about um, Finn's Force Sensibility. Uh, Aaron, what did you think of that whole storyline? I was okay with it. I mean, like, I think it's something that they had been teasing for a while. Like, if I remember correctly, in Episode 7, he was the first one to actually wield the lightsaber um, out of him and Rey in combat. So I feel like they were teasing it for a while, and I thought it was good after they made us think that he was, and then that he wasn't, that he ended up being Force-sensitive. Um, yeah. It, it was okay. It didn't really do much for me. Uh, David. I I just, in general, have an issue with how Finn was used to, throughout the trilogy because the idea of 
there being a, a stormtrooper turned good is so interesting to me. And I, I don't remember if one of you said this about it as well, but I feel like we talked about this briefly or else, or I heard it somewhere. Um, the idea of having a stormtrooper turn good is so interesting to me. And regardless of whether he's force sensitive or not, I feel like that could have been like a seriously good plot point or story arc throughout all three movies that could have been explored. Um, and they kind of even touched on it in the, in nine with there being this colony of stormtroopers that went rogue. Mm -hmm. And it really, I felt like they were on the cusp of giving like another layer of emotional weight to like stormtroopers and like, you know, that yeah. the, the realities of war and like not everyone is doing this by choice and it, like those kind of really deep themes and I feel like we never really got over the hump and mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like the name of the game for this this um, this series and this trilogy for me was consistency and I never feel it felt like I got it and I feel like the overarching problem is that there was not really a big plan and I feel like that's one of those things that one of those arcs that they could have hung their hats on and it never really came to fruition. Not that I needed Finn to be the protagonist. I was totally cool with Ray being the protagonist. Like you go girl. But like, I think they could have used that, that idea. They could have flushed that idea out a little bit more. And I was kind of disappointed um, yeah. with where that ended. Um, and I hope that it's not the last time I see John Boyega on screen because that dude, I really like him and I really like his acting. I like that him as Finn. Um, that average. touches on something oh, that... Oh, sorry. I don't mean to keep derailing this, but that touched on something that I thought about, was thinking, too, with Finn and Poe especially. Colby, you're going to hate me for saying this, but I feel like the name of Episode Nine and a lot of the trilogy was missed opportunities. Because <laughs> there were so many opportunities to make Poe and Finn really, really good characters. And I feel like they were just there. I'm super triggered right now. <laughs> uh, Maverick. And I would even, as you were starting off with yours, Aaron, I'd say they'd even go back even before the time that Finn wielded the lightsaber. If you remember when they were attacking uh, Lor Santeca on Jakku to get the map to Luke Skywalker, he kind of gets rattled for a moment when his mm -hmm. compatriot dies. And you, you can hear the sound effects like yeah. kinda, that are kind of force kind of like sound effects too. It's kind of like his awakening. Perhaps the awakening was perhaps for Finn, and maybe more people in the universe. It could very well even be that. Mm -hmm. But I think there definitely could. I, I, I don't. I completely understand where I think there could have been definitely more story points uh, presented for Ray and Poe. Now I'm not sure if y'all were aware. Poe wasn't even supposed to live past that first scene. Kylo was going to be the one to kill him, and then BBA just gets away. So. I at least understand where they kind of put together a lot of Poe's storyline and, and arc on the get-go. Uh, but for Poe, I, I think one story I might have suggested to Colby like off-air uh, before this, so yes, we did talk about this beforehand, was maybe... Spoiler alert, where, we're friends. <laughs> like, by maybe episode eight, word really got around in the first order of what Poe did, and that caused more to revolt, and Poe kind of gets his own kind of squadron of pure... Purely uh, revolted stormtroopers to add to the alliance. Finn, not Poe. You've been saying Poe. Or po <laughs> yeah, sorry. Finn, sorry. <laughs> uh, Lainey. Wait, I mean, they're in a relationship, so I mean, it's easy to get them confused. 
uh, Lainey, uh, what do you think about um, the Finn's Force sensibility? Having sen- having the Force. Sensitivity? <laughs> sensibility is what... His midi-chlorian count. Oh. Sensibility. Oh. I see. I don't have strong opinions about it in and of itself. I think it just goes back to what I ranted about for a moment about the democratization of the Force, which I think is a really cool idea. Um, that J.J. Abrams just kind of stepped all over. <laughs> I, I also think it's a, like it's the start of a really good idea. I would have liked to see him more do more than I have a feeling. Literally over and over, half of his lines are I have a feeling. Yeah. Um, I also don't love how they set it up where, like, they set it up as a... Finn wants to tell Ray he loves her. Even though that's not what it is, I imp- that's how they set it up like in the movie. Yeah, I for agree. That's what I thought it was at first. For them to like just drop it all together <laughs> feels like I feel like I missed a scene somewhere. Yeah. When Maverick brought it to my attention, I was like, Really? Huh? It wasn't that he loves her? Yeah, I <laughs> I feel like it. Sh- there are some things that are like. I feel like that was a show me by telling me. I know there's like a show don't tell is like the the rule of writing, but like if you set up something like that and then you drop it without any more uh, concrete dialogue, without him literally moving something with his um, baby Yoda force wave. <laughs> do the hand wavy thing without him doing the hand wavy thing <laughs> I, I would like don't to see hear that if you haven't watched the 8th episode of Mandalorian I'll put a spoiler whatever in the beginning of this podcast but, um. but I will say I think that Finn's character was done better in 9 than he was in 8 I, I, oh definitely I, I like the I like the casino planet Toby, I can't justify that. I can't. I, <laughs> I, do, I can. I, like I give you a I, lot of leeway. I give you a lot of leeway on your opinions, but I cannot justify Canto Bite. I cannot. Wait. I what can't. Was, what, wait, 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 David. What was your problem with Canto Bite? The whole section of Canto Bite is pointless. <laughs> it's pointless. It shows you. More I don't of agree. The world. It, it yes. Shows you more that, of the oh, world. world building. Thank you, Star Wars. Having the Skywalkers run everything. That's, <laughs> That's true. Yes. But at least do the, it well. You just because it's world building doesn't make it good without the like. Just because it's world building without the Skywalker does not make it a good world building opportunity. And I appreciate, I appreciate some of the things they do with Canto Bite, <laughs> but I do not like Canto Bite. I don't like that entire section of the movie. Lainey, you can scream. Go Lainey, ahead. please. <laughs> not gonna scream. But the thing that I really like, I rewatched Episode Eight. I guess I rewatched it in between my first and second viewings of episode nine. And my favorite thing about it is the part where they talk about it's when the, the what's his face? DJ. DJ. The, guy the guy's name, the guy that they go find who has the, who has the ability uh, to hack the, the fake Death Star. I yeah, DJ. that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Um, that- when he talks about like weapons dealing to the bad guys, but also to the good guys, which adds like they don't go into it a lot but that adds a layer of gray that exists in star wars but is never talked about it's always good bad 
Like, there is no in-between. You could argue that Ray is the in-between, but we'll come back to that later because I have feelings about that and how it doesn't work. Um, and so that entire thing was adding a layer of grayness of this, like, weird middle area that, in reality, most people live in. And that is why I like that scene. Uh, Aaron, give me just one second. I will... David? <laughs> no, go ahead. I, I will fine. say... <laughs> The one thing I don't like about The Last Jedi <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. is <laughs> that um, I think I don't think they say it in the movie. I think it's in the visual dictionary that DJ stands for don't That's join. another thing I hate. I freaking hate the visual dictionary crap. Yeah, they need to throw away the visual dictionary. They need to throw so. away that crap. But uh, DJ stands for don't join, and that's stupid. <laughs> Are you for real? <laughs> yeah, it's real dumb. And, yeah, he is right in that. <laughs> uh, is that the guy's name or something? Yeah, no, it's just DJ. I don't okay. even think it's mentioned actually in the movie. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, Aaron, you had your hand up. Yes. Uh, on the subject of world building, I will say that a big problem that I didn't even think about until someone pointed it out to me, but that I have with the entire trilogy is the species diversity in the non-human species that we see is kind of really bad. Like, they just abandoned a lot of what they built up in the first two trilogies. I, I hear you, and also it's easier to emote with a human face than it is through CG and through puppets. Yeah, that's true. It's not something important, it's just something that I'm like, yeah. And I did appreciate the puppet work in this trilogy, because after the, after the prequel trilogy and all that CG mess and what they've done to the original trilogy and with their edits, with George Lucas's edits, it's like, ugh. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. The Rise of Puppets. I love it. Okay, <laughs> let's rise talk of about one more major plot point, and then I have an idea of how we want to do positives and negatives. So, Raylo confirmed. Maverick. Thoughts? Um, I'm pretty sure I think most of us got that right on the prediction thing that we did earlier on in another pod. I said that they where... weren't going to kiss. Yeah. I wish they didn't. I really wish they didn't. <laughs> We'll, we'll I, this might get into sir. what might be one of my negatives is I think J.D. worked almost too hard to try to marry the the things from 7 and 8 and try to go back a little bit to 7. Some of those elements also try to do it, still include parts of 8 just to make everybody happy because like Rey is a Palpatine yet she's also a Skywalker. Um, Rey and Kylo kiss but Kylo dies so it's not it's like they have a brief moment, but and then it's gone forever. It's a fleeting moment. Um, but I think there were definitely, you can, uh, like I said, Kylo definitely had some really had a real bad streak there for seven and eight, uh, killing Han Solo, <laughs> murdering lots and lots of people. <laughs> some some manipulation there. The movie uh, with, literally they starts. They force skyped him with without a without his cowl on. Mo- uh, the movie. Episode 9 literally starts with him murdering. <laughs> it's yeah. like the first couple shots. <laughs> I'm sorry. But at the same time, but I think there were seeds planted that at the very least there was some tension there. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people can relate to the fact that there's someone that's a bad, like, quote unquote, a bad girl or a bad guy <laughs> that's not good for you and is not good in an objective sense. But yet, you still find yourself to be attracted to. Them. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself in here because I agree with you, Maverick. 
because I do think yes, I do, Laney. I agree with <laughs> I agree with them. But here's where because I do think that it was always a love story between Ray and Kylo. The entire time it was a love story, especially in episode eight, but I feel like this movie at the beginning backtracked so hard from the end of episode eight where um, they were fighting together. I feel like if they would have taken the end of episode eight, Kylo Ren, when he had smashed his, um, smashed his mask, um, and he had started to come um, back to the light um, through talking to Ray and opening himself up to Ray. I think there's a way to make this story work. But honestly, when I saw that kiss, I giggled <laughs> because it doesn't work <laughs> at all. I do think, like, and it's not that they. Oh shoot! I totally um, knocked out my headphones there, but I'm gonna keep talking. Um, and I don't even think it's that they don't have chemistry because I do think that they have like platonic chemistry i do think they care i would have been fine other. with a platonic hug and then fade out yeah <laughs> no, no like i said i have like i said i i would i would it would have changed my view if they just hugged or just looked each other in the eyes and he dies like but with everything that they did set up in eight and nine and even go, as far back as seven i was like and that goes to a lot of things where with a lot of the decisions made with the way that they set it up at least in my mind i was like all right so, Lainey, you made a lot of faces when I was talking, so go ahead. I really wish that we could, like, make this a, 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 vis- a visual podcast. I should have like, hit, or really should have hit record on, on the video so we could put that out. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. Okay, so, you, you, backed off, you backtracked off of what I thought you were going to say. So, I'm not as deeply offended by all of your comments. Um, <laughs> but... Okay, so the the Raylo thing of all of my issues with Star Wars, I have a ten point thing that like encapsulates everything that I have a problem with. Episode like to nine. the degree of which you didn't like it, basically. Yes. Which, um, yeah. which um which bullet is this on your bulleted list? Uh, As she pulls up the bulleted list, <laughs> I love it. Well, it's the one I didn't list them in order, but it is the one that has the most words on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I guess I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, because I have a gut feeling and I'm trying to see if there's a way that my gut feeling could be wrong. Um, but it's, there's not a good one coming to me. My gut feeling is um, Kylo Ren is a bad person. Um, he was abusive to Ray. He is a murderer. I guess if you just do sort of what Colby was saying and then take the new Kylo Ben, whatever you want to call him, um, starting from the end of episode eight and moved him forward more and more towards the light. I could maybe see it being okay, but I I struggle to see any way in which there is not a history of abuse in that relationship. Um, so I'm inclined to agree with what y'all were saying about the platonic hug would have been fine. Kiss was not okay. I was in no way okay with that. I was very angry and rolled my eyes in the theater. Like I couldn't even laugh at it because I was so not okay with it. Uh, and I think that goes into the whole thing of like when you when, when someone is on the dark side and it turns to light and it like I said it's a, a little bit of difference just between with what our world is like and then what the, the Star Wars world like with like how they they would work this out in their sort of society it goes back to when we go to episode 6 episode 5 with Darth Vader and Luke Anakin Skywalker killed children in the Jedi Temple he ran an oppressive empire for 20 years and yet Luke still wanted to turn him back to life and that's why 
it was important for Darth Vader to die as much as I th- where I would have had more problem had Ben lived because Ben would have been tried for war crimes because yeah. of what he did. Well, that yeah. that's why it works I, that he died so that you don't have to really broach that issue. Yes, See, I that's totally where it makes it easier for I, me to swallow is if he's going to redeem himself, they're going to kiss, and then he dies so that it just cuts it off there. It would have been a bigger problem for me had he lived because, like I said, he can't just be like, oh, I'm good, so I can't face any consequences for what I did. I don't yeah, know. I kind, of, totally right. I kind of wanted him to live for that exact reason because I feel like a big moral of the trilogy, at least until the end, was about how it's not just darkness or light, it's a spectrum. And I feel like if Ray had died and Kylo Ben, whatever you want to call him, lived and had to deal with the consequences of his actions, it would have been very... They could have done that really well. It could have been super interesting, yeah. Yes, because you could have the debate of he is good now, but look at all he did when he was bad, and it could deepen that idea of it being a spectrum, especially in the different sense of things in the Star Wars world. Hmm. Also, Darth Vader never explicitly kills the younglings. Please, give him some credit. Well, it's because they they didn't want to show that on the camera. <laughs> Actually, he did in, in the holotape. In in the camera, he did kill what was like a teenager. Uh, David. Um, I th- I. Let's see. Uh, as far as like him dying, uh, I like the argument that we just had, or the debate that we just had. Uh, I lean more towards. I think he should have died anyway. I was cool with him dying. As far as the kiss, it felt really forced. Like Colby said, there was chemistry there, and I felt like they put the legwork in to have them, like, I don't want to say relationship in the terms of, like, oh, they're, like, boyfriend and girlfriend or husband. Like, they had a relationship, but not it didn't have to be, like, kissy-kissy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could, it, you can have deep emotional connections with people without it being, like, I want to make out with your face. And I feel Wait, like is that... Wait, is it possible for straight people to be friends? It is. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I I thought Hollywood told us no. Interesting. <laughs> I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to, like, reevaluate all of we'll my conceptions. Some, we'll, we'll do some research on that one and come back to you. <laughs> um, but, like, I think if I... It would have felt better to me if they would have, like, had them, like... Maverick said, like, look each other in the eyes and he, like, smiled or something and then he went away or, like, hugged each other and then faded away, but I don't know. I just, I didn't buy it. It That was one point in the movie where I was like, ooh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like that one. The, the two quick things I'll say is I, I agree, it, like, he... There needs to be atonement. It it can't just be redemption. It has to. He has to atone for his actions if he is to live. So, it kind of puts you in the bind with what you want to do with him at the end of the movie. I do think that there is a way to give Ben some ato- some atonement if he has any lines after he goes back to being Ben Solo. I think him literally not talking for the rest of the movie does a disservice to making that happen. 
Because we don't. Now, know. I do think that's an interesting thing. Because he actually, now that I think of it, he doesn't really have a line. He shrugs. Past that moment. <laughs> yeah. He does the. You know. <laughs> we don't know who Ben Solo is, so I don't know. So let's. That talk- is one thing that I haven't really thought about. That's something that that is a, a something interesting that he doesn't speak afterwards. But like I said, we atonement at least in like the ways of the force it's not really something we've really explored and i mean he obviously went to the netherworld because he did not show up as a force ghost so he's obviously solving those kind of issues in the netherworld and perhaps he'll attain the point of reaching a force ghost and we'll talk about this later when we ultimately come back to all these people maybe he'll show up as a force ghost to ray let's talk about carrie fisher um and I'll go first on this since I haven't gone first yet and I'm running the show, so I'm going <laughs> so I get to choose where I go. So, <laughs> Carrie Fisher, the, to me, the Carrie Fisher stuff was bad, and I hate that it was bad, but it was bad. It, it felt like you were talking to, like, a Carrie Fisher series instead of it actually being Carrie Fisher. And it... And I hate it because she meant so much to so many people and so many characters in this movie. And I wish there was, there could have been a way to have it not be as robotic as it was. But for her to like be having conversation with Ray and be, and then out of nowhere say, uh, "Don't underestimate the droid." <laughs> like it, it just feels like they were just pulling from whatever. I mean, it was what they were doing, pulling from whatever they had. Um, to get her in this movie, and I so I, I so she died before they filmed this movie. Yes. Yes. Okay, I wasn't yeah, she, clear. On she the died right after the filming of the Last Jedi. Okay, I wasn't sure of the timeline. Okay. Yeah. So they so all the film that they had was B roll from Episode Seven. So it. Maybe, Lainey, since you weren't sure when that happened, to me it was very obvious that it was stitched together. How did you see Carrie Fisher in this movie? I knew there was something off. I wasn't sure if she was just, like, sick and thus being a bad actor. I, like, I didn't know what the problem was. I knew something was weird. Um, But since her death sequence was very clearly not her you don't see her face during that entire thing um i was like okay at this point she's definitely dead um r.i.p um and yeah it just the rest of it was just yeah it was odd um i couldn't immediately tell um but it was definitely like off uh, aaron, uh yeah aaron i already started saying your name so <laughs> <laughs> i think I feel like it might have been better off if she just wasn't even in the movie. I don't think that you can have an off-screen death for her, an off-movie death, but I feel like it just wasn't a positive having the stitched-together version of her in the movie. Uh, I think they did okay with what they had. I don't know what else you could do. I mean... You could not have her in the movie, but I feel like at that point that would be, I don't want to say disrespectful, but like she's been such a strong and important part of this series, of this movie franchise, that it would feel wrong just to 
have her die off screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't think that I don't think that would have been the way to go. I think that or recasting. Yeah, that would be. I don't think that would That's work either. That's the worst option. Yeah, that would have been bad. So I think they did what they could. Um, I really wish she would have. And I realized she died after you said she died after the filming of eight. That's correct. So there's no way they could have said at the end of eight that she had been like they could. There's no way they could have killed her at the end of eight just to kind of help the continuity issues. But no, uh, that's the crazy thing where what happened in eight was already written before. Her yeah. Death. I thought I mean, before I even knew before she died, but when I watched eight, I thought she was going to die in episode eight. Anyway, that was one of my predictions for that. So I was surprised when she did it. And on top of that. You know, Carrie Fisher obviously passed away, <clears throat> so I was wondering how they were going to approach the uh, approach to having her in this movie, and I think they did okay for what it was. I- I'm not, I'm in no place to critique. You know, Colby, you said I'm not a Hollywood writer. I'm also not in charge of figuring how how to put someone in a movie post mortem. So I, I, I don't know the difficulties they faced. I'm sure it was really tough. So, so no, I think I probably most agree with David's sort of perspective on this, where. I, I, I think if you had it within, as they did, if there was any chance to put her in this movie, you have to put Carrie Fisher in this movie just as a way to honor her legacy in this saga. And so, I, like I said, I there were several ones that were just very jarring. Like, the two that came out to me, I think the one that you mentioned as well, just never underestimated Droid. Also the thing when uh, Greg Gunberg's character comes up and she's like, can you speak with some more uh, like enthusiasm or with like more optimism? He's like, yeah, this is going totally great. This is good. Yeah. This is a great operation when they're attacking mm-hmm. Alpasana. Also, when Ray says she's going to go look for the Wayfinder, she just goes no, and she's like, I'll go if you have my. Uh, I'll go with or without your blessing, but I want it. And she just stares and she's just like, I'm going. And I was like, that that was definitely cut. But like I said, with what they had. I feel like they did the best, and I think the really sad part about all this is that there were often reports from the start of this saga that it was basically like each of the three were going to have their moment in one of them. It was Han in seven, Luke in eight, and it, this was supposed to be her movie. And mm-hmm. so it's really sad to think about what would have been done had she had been alive to be able to film. But with what they had for her, I think they—I don't know what they could have done better. So since I, I didn't state an opinion, let me get my teeny tiny two cents and I just have my reaction. Yeah. Uh, in general, yes, I agree with David and Mav. I guess my one caveat would be that I w- am glad that they did their best to put her in this movie, even if it didn't turn out that great. Um, I just have a problem with what with what what they did was. So let's end the talk about this movie in specific here. You have, let's say, five things that we didn't mention or you want to mention again about this movie. They can be positive or negative, but just things we did not get to. Or if you don't have five, you can just say whatever. But keep it to five because we got to get out of here. Yeah. It's a podcast. We aren't just talking. Uh, let's start with... Maybe it's a podcast to you. Oh, my goodness. Aaron, <laughs> since you're talking, you can go first. Okay. I started writing down bulletin points while we were talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the whole Lando rallying people thing should have been Finn. And I thought Lando shouldn't have been in the movie at all. 
I'd be fine um, with that. Mm-hmm. I thought that Rose was better this movie than last, but I still don't think that she made sense existing. I'm gonna fight you, but keep going. <laughs> I'm confused. But I'm also very that. confused. I'm so but, confused. But keep going because we I need just, to move on. <laughs> um, I thought that Palpatine shouldn't have been in it, and I felt like he ruined the whole Anakin redemption. I guess we kind of talked about the redemption story, but I felt like he ruined episode six by being in this movie. Um, I liked the Hux reveal from a, from a movie standpoint. I liked it from a plot standpoint. Questionable. Like the entire movie for me. Uh, I, my biggest gripe was the whole like Finn thing. Um, I, like I said, I, I don't even remember, uh, or I didn't even realize that his, what he had to say was him being force sensitive until Maverick said something about it after the movie. I thought it was a whole love thing. Um, Kobe, you had, just because I, I read your, your why you didn't like The Rise of Skywalker. I've added uh, more to that list, by the way. Oh, I'm sure you have. <laughs> um, so you had an issue with the whole dagger hunt thing. Yes. Oh, the fetch quest, yes. The fetch quest and how it didn't matter, yes? It doesn't matter at all, no. Then why does Canto Bite matter, Colby? Because Canto Bite actually adds something to the world of Star oh Wars. My All this gosh. adds is a freaking jigsaw puzzle to hold up in the exact <laughs> right spot. Canto Bite is nice. bad and adds nothing. Okay, moving on. I didn't have as big of an issue as other people with the um, Chewbacca being on the transport thing. Like, because when I first saw it, like, when I was watching the movie, like, I saw that there were, I caught the shot. I I know, I realize it's a blinking, blinking you miss it shot, but I did see a shot with two. And so it didn't really bother me as much. But apparently it did for other people. So I don't know. I I didn't really understand why people were up in arms about that. But I didn't have as big of an issue. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I didn't really get, I didn't have an issue with it. Um, and like I said, like with with Snoke being dead at the end of eight, the only I I do wish that they focused more on the relationship between Kylo and Rey and kind of moved that forward in a big way. But Star Wars always has to have a big bad, and there was no big bad <laughs> left. So, enter Palpatine. And so. Uh, let's go Lainey. Uh, just briefly about, uh, Rose's effective deletion from the series. Um, I know that we've, I've talked about this, I think I've talked about this, uh, with some of you guys, I've talked about it with other people I know. Um, her line about, we're going to win this war not by fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. Um, not that I necessarily agree with that sentiment, I don't, but it is an unusual sentiment and it makes her really stick out. And so for that to just be completely erased from her character in Nine does her a huge disservice and is part of why I am super duper upset with J.J. for what he did to her. Um, or Colin Trevorrow, who also had a hand in writing this movie. Hmm. Well, regardless, I'm going to fight both of them. Um, <laughs> Wait, not the Colin Trevorrow. Uh, was it Col- also Chris Terrio. Chris Terrio is the name I was thinking of. Not, um, I mean, maybe Colin Trevorrow did. Uh, Chavarro did get credit uh, in the in credit. Yeah, I yeah. figure he would. Anyway, go ahead, Lane. 
I, we talked about the stormtroopers a little bit and their humanization. Um, and I think that you're right that it could have been like a really interesting like point of depth. Um, but instead, we just go and blow up potentially like thousands, if not millions, of these people that we know from these episodes are basically enslaved, which I think is super messed up as soon as you start thinking about it. Um, yeah, we talked about conscription. She said conscription. What did you say? Conscription yes. camps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, like stolen when they were children. Like they yeah. no choice in the issue whatsoever. Um, we talked about Carrie Fisher, but we didn't really talk about Leia. Um, the whole point of going to find Luke is that Luke was the only one who could train her and stop this and all that nonsense. And then suddenly Leia was a Jedi and Leia can train her and all of this stuff. And suddenly Leia is just as force powerful, whatever, as Luke just comes out of nowhere, I feel like. And I just mm, got real problems with that. Um, do, do, do. Um, already talked about balance. Um, well, I have a question, actually. Mm -hmm. So where is Luke's lightsaber? Like the green one that he made? I think he probably either threw it away probably after his meltdown. In, so it's probably in the ocean of Octu, I would say. Or perhaps it was destroyed when, like during the Kylo fight. One of the, I would say one of those two things. Yeah, I would say it's probably fair to say it doesn't exist okay. for all intents and purposes. Okay, because we're running around in Episode 7 looking for Luke's lightsaber, but it's not Luke's, it's Anakin's. But whatever. Semantics, I suppose. Although <laughs> I don't agree with that qualification. Um, and then, I think this is technically my sixth point, I'm sorry. Um, but when she puts the lightsabers in the sand at the end, I'm like, oh, this could be like a cool thing, because like, the Sith have died, and now the Jedi are gone. Except then she pulls out her own lightsaber. So now she's still a Jedi, and so there's light in the universe, but the dark has all been destroyed, and balance is gone again. I do agree with that one. Although also the the orange lightsaber is is indicative of the Sentinels that actually weren't Jedi that were just uh, people who explored the knowledge of the Force, not necessarily from one or either side. They guard temples uh, for both the Jedi and the Sith. So at least in that way, trying to at least emulate some sense of balance. I, thought I didn't even know it was orange, so that was news to me. I was going to say I thought it was yellow. Well, orange, slash, orange slash gold. I okay. mean, I'm colorblind, so you would have had to tell me what the color was either way. <laughs> uh, Maverick, five things we didn't get to. Yeah, mine's probably the most long-winded, but I'll try to keep it to a minimum. And I'll start off with probably my biggest thing, um, negative-wise. I think, especially in the first act, I think this movie did too much to force both even diehard fans and casual fans to sort of fill in the blanks on their own, especially with plot points. Also fill in the blanks regarding just the overall lore. We had alluded it to it earlier, like with the visual dictionaries. I'm going to drop a couple of things um, that came from the visual dictionary from this that I don't know if y'all already heard about them, where the first act of the movie when Kylo Ren is cutting down everyone, are y'all aware that that's Mustafar? No. Was not interesting. Really? Okay. That's Mustafar. Um, the Force powers, uh, which I will get into in another bullet point, were learned from the Jedi text that Rey took from Octu. I figured uh, that. She learned. The, the Force Skype, it, the, it's called a realm, it's called the world between worlds. 
being able to communicate in between that and it is a very rare power that's something where a dyad can achieve so it's, it's not easily attainable sounds like some kingdom Hearts stuff the visual dictionary all but confirms that janna is uh lando's daughter taken from his village uh, in between six and seven um and then it does also just go more into the diet. But I think a, a lot of people would say where... or And also, you can even go to things like with Finn being Force-sensitive. If they're going to make these kind of things, like they should at least say it in the movie. I, I get that. Where if Force-sensitive, say it explicitly. If, like, this on Mustafar and he's fighting... Uh, it's, a, it's a set of cultists that guards... Darth Vader's temple where they hid the the Wayfinder, then say that. Um, And so I think it it just caused a lot too much to fill in the blanks, which can be a headache for some, um, even for someone that that does like to read a lot of the canon to be able to understand a lot of things and watch all the shows and read the books and everything like that. Um, Yeah, I I do like, though, overall, the, the, the new Force powers that were introduced in the story. I mean... It does further develop the Force Skype, as it is being called from Episode Eight. I prefer Force no. timing, actually, but <laughs> yeah, like, and, and again, advancing on it, where not only can Ray and Kylo sue each other, but now they can affect each other in their own space. Mm-hmm. Where, like in Pisana, when he rips the bead necklace off her, you even saw that in Eight when on Octu the rain gets on his hand. So he did watch oh. Episode Eight, is what you're telling me. I said, I think there are a lot of things. I, one thing I didn't know as well, you know, in when the Ewoks finally got their appearance, in the sky there was a Sky Destroyer that got destroyed with a Holdo maneuver. I don't know if you caught that. Um, also, that shot's one that I w- it took me a while to get on board was like the Force Heal, because I do think it's kind of like, well, why didn't Anakin get that power? That would have saved a lot of problems. But, again, it's the sort of thing where certain powers are not necessarily all attainable at certain points. Again, this is about a 70-year period between Episode 1 and Episode 9, where it's kind of thing like, imagine where if nu- nuclear technology was discovered in the Civil War era, that kind of a, a time frame between where it's, it's new and innovating things, but it can take time before it's fully discovered and be able to be used. Should have put a couple stems inside RTD, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I get <laughs> Like I said, I think it just in, introduced a lot of cool elements. Like, um, I, don't, I I put this in like the Star Wars group meeting that we made, where when Ray heals Ben after stabbing him violently, um, not only does it heal his abdomen wound, but it heals the scar in his face mm-hmm. that she gives him in Episode Seven. I thought that was a really cool thing there. And one more, and then we got to move on. <laughs> let's see. Take it wisely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Say pacing. Oh, I, I have to do two things because there are two scenes in the movie that are by far my favorite. Okay. Um, the voices of Jedi past yeah. speaking to Rey, telling her to rise, because that's where we officially get the Anakin cameo. We get Luminara Unduli. We get Kanan Jarrus. We get Obi Wan Kenobi, Qui Gon Jinn, Yoda, Master Windu, and Luke Skywalker all giving her a nice pep talk. Ahsoka, Ahsoka, thank you very Ahsoka much. Ahsoka Tano also was being Kit in Was Kit Fisto in there? Kit Fisto was not. Ooh. And then there uh, there was another one I forgot. She was in Clone Wars. And then I think what 
probably my favorite film, favorite scene of the whole movie, is the scene between Han Solo and Ben. That was a good scene. That was a really good scene. Like I said, I was someone that, from the get go, I was like, let's keep Kylo dark. Let's not have someone turn back to the light and cue it that way. I was like, let's keep him bad. That'd be a cool to see someone just be fully bad and just stay bad. Instead, you got Palpatine. the Emperor. <laughs> but with the way that they executed it, I, I got fully behind it because Han Solo completed his mission that Leia told him to complete. Go and bring our son home. And it, it gives value to his death, where even in death, he got Kylo to come back. And so it wasn't also a force ghost of him. It was just his memory. And they even alluded to that earlier in the movie where Ray told him, he's like, I know you keep playing that memory over and over in your head. And then we get to see it manifested in that moment of reflection uh, in the Death Star records. And the, the, the absolute coolest thing is just the callbacks. Like, Kylo just, he, he's got a broken voice and he says, Dad, and he wants to say, I love you or I'm sorry. And like good old Han Solo. He says I know and I think that was a very nice moment I actually enjoyed that okay here are my I don't know y'all said a lot of what I wanted to say so I will try to keep this short and then we can wrap this up so one um we talked about Chewbacca on the transport my thing is there were like 17 fake deaths in this movie <laughs> so many people like Ben literally died three times <laughs> Uh, Ray died and came back to life. Chewie, quote unquote, died and came back to life. It's you keep using it and it gets boring. Um, let's see. I said MacGuffin Hunt. Um, we mentioned Rose. Um, I am very upset about Rose not being in more of this movie, and she's somebody counted. Um, she's literally in the movie for a minute and sixteen seconds. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, and that's annoying to me. Um, let's see. JJ, I almost said JJ Reddick. Um, JJ Abrams. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't bring that evil in here. Is supposed to be like the visuals guy, and there, I can't think of any like striking visuals from this movie, which is disappointing to me. I thought the lightning scene was cool. The, no, the lightning storm? The lightning storm. Fine. <laughs> One. Okay. Sure. Eh. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, Jana. Uh, go back to the Rose thing, I feel like every, I feel like they cut Rose out of the movie and added Janna, and it almost felt like tokenism to replace, like, one, uh, woman of color with another woman of color who could have been doing the same task, uh, which is bothersome to me, so... Yes, the and the little horse thingies that they rode on so that they couldn't be stopped by the uh, speeder blockers or whatever could have been the big dog things from episode eight on Canto Bite, which made it made Canto Bite less irrelevant. And then David <laughs> would admit, be happy. But you admit that it's irrelevant, so I thank you. <laughs> Not exactly what I said, but continue. Anyway, okay, so Maverick. Would you like to leave the discussion on um, what next? So, yeah, no, I think we can just do a, a brief sort of thing just on the state of the universe, what we have going forward, and, and what we hope to see in the future with other series and other either films, shows, and whatnot. So I think, like I said, this trilogy 
introduced a, a whole lot to Star Wars as, as, as a saga and as a universe overall. I'd say these particular three set of stories, I think it became very clear that there was a, like a lack of a, a roadmap per se, and, and knowing what the plot points were going to be through and throughout. I, I do think that that's even still indicative of a lot of the Star Wars, really minus the prequels. I mean, a lot of even the original trilogy was just kind of on the fly yeah. kind of stuff, with changes made from movie to movie. But it was the same story group throughout. The directors did change, but it was the same story group of Larry Kasdan and George Lucas. So I think that's a good lesson, I hope, that Lucasfilm and Disney learns when going forward to make other series and coming back into the universe. And so, like I said, I still heavily enjoy this trilogy. I'm, But I'm kind of like on one of the extremes where I'm probably going to like anything that comes out that has the name Star Wars on it. So you can take that either heavily or with just a grain of salt. But I think there's a lot of content coming out in the future that are good. We have The Mandalorian now that I think what a lot of people wanted out of this trilogy. And so they're they're finding a little bit of mitigation. We're finding what they truly want with The Mandalorian. We have The Clone Wars. They're bringing back a season of Clone Wars. They did just come out with a report that the next trilogy of Star Wars films to come out in the next couple of years will be focusing on the High Republic area about 400 years before this saga. So maybe that's a place to explore some of the random people that don't have a, a big family lineage that are Force-sensitive and can make a big impact onto the Republic. Is that, a Ryan, is that the Ryan Johnson trilogy? I don't... I, they didn't say which person would be directing it. It's just... And it's going to be a just a series rather than a trilogy. Where so an anthology, each movie will be an anthology thing? I'm not... It's, I don't same think they're limiting themselves it's to I'd say like... Someone suggested perhaps like MCU, maybe it's focusing on a particular character or a particular event or such. Uh, So that's still to be determined. Like I said, it's very much a rumor. It's not confirmed by Lucasfilm yet. I think that'd be a really cool thing. That's probably one of the one areas where it's that would be completely new content overall, where there was a lot of expanded universe content on the High Republic area. But now you kind of get to make your own kind of stories and make something that's truly canon with this new uh, Disney Star Wars. So I think ultimately like Star Wars is going to continue and I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, we're going to see Ray, Poe and Finn on the silver screen again, uh, 10, 15 years from now. And I can see the, tr- the teaser now it's going to fade onto the Moss Eisley ranch, uh, the Lars ranch, and you're just going to pan to the ground and the, r- the ground's going to shake and the lightsabers are going to come out of the ground. So, I feel like we need a, a good 10-year break from Star Wars movies. I think they need to just put them away from a, for a while and, and just reset. I think the worst thing Star Wars ever did was start off with a trilogy. And then really need to stick to three movies um, every time they feel like they want to tell an overarching story like this. I feel like the prequels could have been better if they didn't feel like they needed three movies to tell that story. I feel like the five movies that have come out in the um, Kathleen Kennedy era could have been... I feel like they there's a better way to do these sorts of movies without having to stick to this plan of three movies. So I feel like there's a way to tell stories without being limited to that that I'd like to see 
but of all the Star Wars movies, I like like two of them. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so like in Star Wars television is so much more interesting. Like I've seen what? 15 episodes of Clone Wars and it's so much more interesting <laughs> than the movies. The Mandalorian was so cool. It's one of the best seasons of television I've seen in a very long time. And I I would love to have more Star Wars television. I'll leave it at that. Um, Aaron. I don't know where they should go from here. So... I don't have any big concept for the everything going forward. Something that I think about a lot when I think about Star Wars is the concept of balance in the Force. Because I feel like, at least for the first six movies, they don't really talk about it in this most recent three, but it's all about balance in the Force. And the idea is presented to us that balance is just the light side of the Force existing, but for a little bit in the prequels, it's kind of like they're saying that the balance could be both the light side and the dark side of the Force existing in their own ways. I think that's something interesting that they could explore. Because balance is probably both existing. Only one existing, whether it be the light side or the dark side, isn't really balance. Uh, Lainey? Uh, I agree with what you were saying, Colby, about we need a good, at least, like, minimum 10-year break from Star Wars on the big screen. I just, I'm Star Wars out. Uh, I'm tired of being disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, yeah, they, they need some, some new hands and some new minds if they're gonna try to do anything else with it. Um, I guess I ultimately do hope they do something else with it because I, it did end for me, it did end with me being quite disappointed, so I kind of hope in some ways that it doesn't end here but at the moment I I am done with it for the moment um, and I hope that they are too so that they don't keep rushing out movies and, and doing what they've been doing for the last three movies All right, four if you count solo we will do David, and then I have an idea on how we want to end this episode. Cool. Um, I don't, just because money, I, I don't think they'll have a 10-year break, even though I totally oh, agree that will. we need a break. Like, we, I, like, I, Laney, you said you're Star Wars out, I'm Star Wars out, too. So, it's like, all that television stuff, like, Clone Wars coming back, this Obi-Wan series that might be happening, <clears throat> the, um the Mandalorian being freaking awesome. Like, that kind of stuff, I'm cool with. These, like, mainline movies, I think they need to take a break from. Ro- I liked Rogue One. I did not like Solo. And so it's, like, that kind of stuff, I don't know how you would handle Like, the- I don't have a ton of faith in them to sell, like, single movie stories yet. But they're starting... T- if they can just get the same kind of depth that they have with these... TV shows on the silver screen. That would be nice. Um, if they, when they inevitably do announce the next trilogy or whatever, um, I just ask that they have a plan because I think that this trilogy is a lesson in inconsistencies and what not having a plan for your continuity 
does to a franchise because I feel like if they would have had this mapped out day one, you may not please all the fans, but you can at least appreciate consistency and coherent storytelling. And I don't feel like this trilogy was coherent. Um, and whether you say that that's a, the change of directors, writing, yada, 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 um, at the end of the day, you have to have consistency and coherency if you're going to do a trilogy. And it just wasn't there. So if and when they announce the next one, I would just be hopeful that they've learned their lesson and have some have their plot points mapped out from the beginning. I feel like the only one that they had mapped out was Kylo Ren. Like, that's the only plot point I feel like they had mapped out whole way through. Uh, everything else I feel like was like, they were just like flying by at 200 miles an hour and they were just grabbing whatever they could on the way there. So, we'll see. Um, I, I'm a little dis... I'm a little skeptical now. Like, I'm not gonna go in like super trusting. Like, I'm gonna be skeptical. Um, but I'm... I still want good Star Wars content. So, that's so, what I am. Because I said I would talk about it, do, do y'all have anything to ask me about cats? <laughs> <laughs> Is it worth seeing? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely worth seeing. It was one of the wildest movie-going experiences I've ever had. Y'all, there are okay, were you question. In a, were, you, were you in a theater? Of, oh, sorry, Lainey, you go. I was going to say, question, were you extremely high while you were watching it? Should I prepare myself in such ways? Uh, um, I, I say no. That's a horrible idea. <laughs> you uh, Aaron, what was your question? Were you in a theater of people that were taking it seriously? Because I've read of people going and the whole theater ends up just having a great time mocking the movie the entire time. There were about 12 people in my showing. It was a pretty big theater. <laughs> there were 12 of us. Um, and I was the only one having the appropriate amount of fun. <laughs> so, there, there are four movies happening in this movie. There is the comedy with, um, oh, what is her name? Rebel Wilson? Rebel Wilson and James Corden and Idris Elba. That's the comedy that's happening. Idris Elba's the comedy? There is the, the like, dancing ba- uh, ballet movie happening with all the dancers. There's a prestige Oscar drama happening with Judy Dench and Jennifer Hudson. And then there is um, my guy that played Gandalf. Why am I blanking on his name? Ian McKellen. There's Ian McKellen, Ian McKellen who is method Sir acting a cat. <laughs> the entire time he's on screen. Um, and it's incredible. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's a nihilist masterpiece. <laughs> okay, for for those that some that need some backstory, but Colby basically said that he felt more emotionally invested in cats than he did this movie. Would you enjoy a movie in which Idris Elba makes Rebel Wilson disappear, make yells meow, and then disappears into a cloud of dust? Would you enjoy that movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you pitch it like that, I mean, come on, dude. In which I guess I just. Judy Dench I just have looked to... straight into the camera and told me a cat is not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 I just have to I, be, be real clear right here. Do you like this movie ironically or not? No, I genuinely enjoy this movie. I had such a good time seeing cats. 
a great time seeing cats. I'd be more likely to go see cats again than go see Star Wars again. It's a little distressing to me. But like, is it like you bought a ticket to see a train wreck? Like, if the train and you, and you didn't though, turn your eyes when you, when, when the train wreck actually happened. It's like it's. It really like drives home how nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> about how there are these cats crying in the corner about being like neglected by everyone they ever knew, and then Jason Derulo yells party time and jumps into a bowl of milk. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's wild and I, I love cats. You just might you just might be able to talk me into going to see this movie. Admittedly, I probably will not pay 12 bucks to go see it, but... Oh, go man, to a matinee. A yeah. Uh, get I, my, get my, my cheap seats and my cheap popcorn. So, I, is it... So, I heard that there were so many, like, e- like, editing issues with this movie. Like, I heard, like, when they were dancing, like, their feet were, like, two inches off the oh, ground. Oh, yeah, there were like, no feet. way their feet were touching the ground. They were, like, hovering over the it ground. It was, like, hovering. And, like just so many bad editing things that they're actually re-releasing this movie like they're re-editing it and then re-releasing yeah it. i saw the i saw the post patch one there so I, a, a couple of my friends saw it pre-patch system update um I 1. Saw 1. It, 1.1.2 i saw it all right we can get to this probably in the next part <laughs> yeah it's um i love cats i've been listening to magical mr mistopheles <laughs> for the past two or three weeks. Colby, do you need help? <laughs> I don't oh, hold on. Just for clarification, what what is Jason Derulo's... Like, do they have, like, cat names? Uh, he like, is two- um, Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> I'm sorry, his name is what? Uh, Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> David, have you not looked up the plot of this musical slash movie? There is no, no. plot. There's zero Please plot. do. It's ridiculous. Don't lie to him the names are ridiculous. The plot is ridiculous. Thing. It's about them trying to go to cat heaven, sort of, kind of. Oh, only barely is this movie yes. about that. Colby, have you seen the musical before? I have not. The only other cat me- cat's media I've seen is that one episode of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Are you at all interested in seeing the live production? Now? Not at all. <laughs> anyway, oh. is there anything else that you've seen to say in this episode? It's been like an hour and 25 minutes. We should probably get out of here. Yeah. I guess just my, my final, final, final thoughts regarding the Chewbacca thing um, is that the fact that Chewie Chewbacca survived makes... And Chewie got his medal. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Chewbacca survives means that Ray's like explosion of anger or whatever is meaningless. But it looks cool. But isn't that what Ryan Johnson tells us? Is that everything is meaningless? And cats. No, that's the opposite better. of what he tells us. <laughs> and so is cats, and that's where we're gonna end the podcast. Lainey, thank you so much for joining us <laughs> on this podcast. Um, thank you all for having me. It's been a blast, even when I wanted to strangle people. Uh, it's That's been okay. a while since we talked, so it was good talking to you again. Uh, let's see, how do we end these episodes? Listen, if you've made it to the end of this episode, you know where to find us. I'm not going to do the whole thing. But if you enjoyed this, give us five stars and um, a review on iTunes. 
Um, and we will see y'all next week where we are distressing about Carolina basketball. <laughs> oh. right. Maybe I should see cats. Nothing matters. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>